Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and our good friends at Buyers Automotive. If you're looking to buy an auto, go to buyersauto.com. Check out what they have in store for you. Uh, today's show, I'm Jeremy Birmingham, by the way, that's Spencer Holbrook. Uh, we're talking Ohio State football recruiting, and we kind of alluded to it last week as we were preparing for our uh, Letterman Row retreat. But, you know, there was a, a – a wave of bad news coming for Ohio State, um, starting with Troy Stilato's commitment to Clemson, then the J.C. Latham uh, announcement that he's going to Alabama, then you have uh, Javari Ritzy going to North Carolina, then you have Hudson Wolf on Monday afternoon picking Tennessee. None of those things should be a surprise if you've watched the show. We have been saying that those things are coming. But still, Spencer, when you're talking about the country's top-ranked recruiting class, like I think there was this – this moment in uh, March and April, especially when people started to think there's nothing that Ohio state, there's no, there's no wrong turns here for the Buckeyes. There's nothing that they can do in a cycle that's going to feel bad or, or feel like a, a, a downturn. But, you know, people are, are taking these last few days and obviously not feeling great about them. Yeah. It's, it's hard to feel great about them, right? I mean, you, you do have the number one class. You can still, always hold on to that, but it's almost low-hanging fruit at this point. You never want to be satisfied. So it's one of those things where you're happy to have the number one class, but at the same time, you need to continue to add to it. It's not like it's a finished product by any means. They don't even have 20 commits right now. And so uh, these last few days, just to miss out on what they've missed out on, you, and, you know, our, our senior writer, Austin Ward, said it's not a loss because they can still replace them with other guys, but they do miss out on some key targets that they had. And, and it's, not, it's not easy to feel good about what the, where they're at, but it's also relative to uh, where they're at because they have the number one class in the country still. Yeah, I mean, the reality is what, what makes these losses or misses, however you want to categorize them, um, hurt is that in the case of Troy Stilato, the Buckeyes are the, are the team that really put him on the map, right, as far as the recruiting world. They were sort of the, the early identifier of Stilato that really went out there and kind of changed his recruitment. J.C. Latham, they were on, on him when he was still a defensive tackle prospect, were the, in the lead in that recruitment for a long time and felt like they were in a position to, to win that. They didn't. Hudson Wolf was the tight end that Kevin Wilson wanted from the beginning uh, to accompany Sam Hart in the class of 2021. And again, three weeks ago, they thought they had it. They thought that it was, that it was a done deal in their favor. And then it just didn't pan out, you know, the reality is for a place like Ohio State, there's tons of guys out there that are lined up ready to take that spot if the Buckeyes want them to. And, you know, we can go position by position and knock it out as far as what happens next. And we talked about it here. We'll start at tight end, I guess, because Hudson Wolf was the last person we talked about. But the Buckeyes are probably going to be content sticking with one tight end in the class of 2021 unless something really important you know, big happens in the next few months. I'm not saying that they're not going to continue to recruit guys like Jordan Dingle, Michael Trigg, um, you know, players, uh, Bryson Nesbitt in North Carolina. They are going to continue to talk to kids. Mitchell Evans from Wadsworth, Ohio, is one to watch in that respect. But they're not uh, in a position right now where they feel like they have to dive into the pool and, and random, you know, pick somebody to, to replace Hudson Wolf. Uh, J.C. Latham with the offensive tackle position, obviously it's an important one still for Ohio State in this class. They are in the top two or three, depending on who you ask for uh, Garrett Dellinger, but who's going to make his announcement on 
Uh, June 24th, it's probably going to be LSU. And they're still in the mix heavily for Tristan Lee, the, ta- the offensive tackle out of Fairfax, Virginia, who is probably also, uh, you know, leaning in the direction of Ohio State LSU uh, with Clemson and, and Penn State there in the mix as well. But I think LSU is Ohio State's top uh, competition for both Dellinger and Tristan Lee. So there are guys out there at the offensive tackle position that they're still recruiting. It's not like they've been putting all the eggs in J.C. Latham basket from the beginning. But Latham was the top target and, and had been that way for a while. So people, I can understand the, the frustration. It's wide receiver week on Letterman Row, so we'll talk about wide receivers now. We talked already about replacing Stilato, you know, multiple times and how it had always kind of been a one or the other situation most likely for Ohio State when it comes to Stilato and Emeka Abuka. But you can't entirely discount Christian Leary, the wide receiver for Edgewater, Florida. Ohio State really likes him, but they've never been able to see him in person. He's never been able to visit because the, the relationship there started late, whereas with Abuka, it started very early. So what's interesting is that kids like Emeka Abuka, JT Tuamalo, Taiwan Malone, Derek Davis – uh, you know, th- that core four guys that, that people still think are kind of leaning in the Ohio State direction aren't making a decision anytime soon in all likelihood. And even Rocco Spindler, the offensive lineman from Clarkson, Michigan, and teammate of Dillinger, said he's not making a decision anytime soon. So there is opportunities out there to still grow things and fix things. But, I mean, how, how does the not knowing what's going to happen with the recruiting in person affect kids? You know, that's got to be the biggest question, right? Yeah, you just – you really just don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's one thing if, you know, oh, I just not going to be able to get this kid on campus until uh, the weekend of Ju- – after July 4th or what You know, wh- whenever that could have been – had it been a normal cycle or, you know, whatever. You know, w- at least there's a date where they know, okay, we get to see this kid. Right now, there's nothing. There's no dates for even kids that are committed. You, you just can't see anyone. And so, for Ohio State, it's one of those things where – You just kind of have to play the waiting game and hope that these kids are willing to play the waiting game as well. Yeah, I mean, Brian Kelly, obviously Notre Dame's head coach, is on the record um, talking recently, suggesting that he doesn't know that there will be any visits at all this year. And if that happens, players like Abuka, who have been leaning towards Ohio State for a while, are going to have to make that call and say, hey, I'm going to commit or I'm going to stay closer to home. I'm going to go to follow my heart. You know, he's on – Mecca Abuka told uh, 247 Sports the other day that if Caleb Williams commits to Oklahoma, that could be a game changer in his recruitment. But if he's never able to visit Oklahoma uh, and, and the Buckeyes have the long-term relationship with him, is that quarterback being committed enough to overtake what he's done with Ohio State? I just don't know that it is. Um, you know, but when it comes to the Buckeyes, I don't think time is a bad thing right now. I think it's almost a perfect opportunity – here we are in the middle of June, 19 commitments in the class, the country's top-ranked class, four core guys that we've talked about, you know, that are sort of in the mix and everyone knows about. This might be the perfect time to take a step back and reassess what you really need in this class versus what, uh, you know, is out there and, and then try to stack that up against the numbers and how you can make this work because there still are guys who are – are, you know, getting ready to play their senior seasons. And you don't want to fill up your entire recruiting class at this point when you haven't had a chance to evaluate people's senior tape, when a lot of kids lost their junior spring, when you have, you know, no idea numbers-wise what you're actually going to have 
because Ohio State, you know, right now is probably over the numbers, right? So don't you think the slowdown could be a good thing to finish out the class strong? I just I think it's it's a moment, like you said, to just reset. You know, get get your footing back, uh, find some a comfortable spot to start in, and just kind of start over. You know, we talked. I've said the last month everything else on Ohio State's recruiting class from this point on is almost gravy because it's just you know an extra topping to whatever you've got because you've got such a loaded class already. Well, there is a spot where you need to address it's tackle. So you need you really need to to reset, figure out where you are with these kids, and really start to go after them because they're not just luxuries at this point, like a lot of other positions. Like if you add another defensive back, it's a luxury. If you had another wide receiver after the class you had in 2020, it's almost a luxury. Whereas if you add another tackle, it's a need. So, uh, you know, they, they sat, they were pretty comfortable with where they were with JC Latham. Now they have to reevaluate, reassess, see where they are because the one position they still need to add in this class is probably defensive tackle and offensive tackle. And, and, you know, you got to get some stuff figured out there. So I do think it's the perfect time to just slow down take a deep breath, say, okay, we missed on these guys, but let's go ahead and, and figure out where we are because now could be a crucial time when it comes down to, uh, you know, December and February, these signing classes. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Buckeyes make another push for a guy like Nolan Rucci, the offensive lineman out of Pennsylvania, who they've been very high on from the beginning, but they've just never been able to make any sort of traction in that recruitment. If Rucci's willing to slow things down and he's considering Penn State, Wisconsin, Clemson, et cetera, Michigan, if he's willing to give Ohio State a look that maybe he hadn't been able to before because maybe he thought, you know, they were going to get Latham and all these other things that happened. Maybe, you know, he's a guy whose name I've heard brought up and, and as, as a potential, you know, maybe they can try to get back involved there. Um, Christian Leary, when we're talking about wide receiver, that's really the only other guy right now other than uh, Ameka Abuka that's even worth talking about. I'm sure Brian Hartline has – a list of other players that he's watching um, beneath those two. But again, the position they're in with Tabuka combined with the uncertainties and recruiting right now, is it in your best interest to even start shaking those trees? I don't know. Um, you know, Ohio state is certainly continuing to recruit Jordan Hancock. And we're, we've talked about Jordan Hancock for months. They aren't going to let go of that relationship even if it's a, a, a relationship that is never about football. Uh, the Buckeyes still talk to him regularly. There's still regular conversation with Jordan Hancock and Ohio State recruits. I'm not suggesting that that means he's going to flip or that there's any sort of imminent decision change happening. But, you know, stranger things have happened in recruiting. The, the reality is you build these relationships and you hold these relationships and cultivate them in the event that there's an opportunity. If, if, Tennessee goes out and, and is five and seven this year. Maybe Hudson Wolf reconsiders. Maybe mom allows him to get up to campus in, in Columbus uh, in the fall if he's able to. You know, Rajon Davis out in California at linebacker. You just don't know. I mean, you just don't know when these kids are going to get a chance to really take a look at the program. And until that happens, there's, there's a lot of things up in the air. And I think, again, that's why I think it's maybe a good time for Ohio State to take a step back look at the pieces that it has in place and say, hey, let's, let's put all the chips on the table over here. Let's focus on these two defensive tackles in Taiwan Malone and, and JT Duamalo. Let's focus on Derek Davis and, and wrapping up those relationships that have been last. I mean, Derek Davis, they've been recruiting for three years. So maybe it's the right time to, to do that rather than to focus on finding backup options for positions that maybe you don't need anyway, right? 
Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Like, you're not going to go out and start to form a new relationship with a wide receiver just be, just because you think you need you you should. Like, if you if you are confident with where you are with those two wide receivers that you just named, you're not going to go out and just start, you know, putting some of your chips over in this basket, putting some of them in this basket when you know that hey, it's either these guys or it's almost these guys are bust when it comes to that position. Uh, yeah, so because there's only so much time left. There's only so much time and energy. And eventually, they have to start recruiting the 2022 class. Yeah, and you can't there, – there's going to be another dead period. Like, it's not like they're just going to cancel the rest of the dead period and make everything else just wide open until December. Right. Unless – maybe they do, but we're going to operate under the, the assumption there's at least one more dead period. So you need, yeah. to, you need to actually prepare. You know, you, you're going to be able to talk to these kids for a certain amount of time. You might be able to see them. Maybe you won't. But it's just – it's, it's really weird to try and gauge really anything at this point. And that's why, like you said, uh, this episode is going to be all about uh, taking a step back and just uh, looking at what you have. Yeah, and the, the, the truth is for Ohio State, and I'm going to say this over and over in this episode, time is a good thing. The Buckeyes have plenty of time. They have the number one class in the country. They have plenty of, of real good top-level options in Abuka into Amalo, in Taiwan Malone, in Derek Davis, that they are aggressively and actively recruiting. If you add those four guys, which are all, you know, real shots to, to be added to the current group, nobody's going to ever complain about that class. Now, does that mean that there's not a spot or two they'd like to still fill in there? Absolutely. But right now, let's be real with it and say that when they started recruiting Hudson Wolf back in September – there was never a belief at that time that they had any real shot to land him. It was a kid from the border of Arkansas and Tennessee who was going to stay down there, or Mississippi and Tennessee, I'm sorry, and stay down in that area and, and, and go to school in the South, right? That's what they – Garrett Dellinger, the, the idea has always been that he's going to go to LSU. So is it, is it a sting if you lose it, if you miss out on him? Sure, but it's also kind of playing with house money at that point. You're recruiting kids that you felt maybe – you know, maybe you got a one in 25 chance of being the school. And at that point, if you lose out, if you miss out, it's not really a huge loss. J.C. Latham was a tough, a bitter pill to swallow for Ohio State because they had been in front in that relationship for so long. But in the big picture, Ohio State's recruiting class is the best in the country. There are three, four, five, six guys left, including Jordan Hancock in that group who they're just going to keep pounding and keep going towards and say, yeah, you're the guy we want. You are the guy that fits in this class. But they are not, and they have not and will not, uh, add people or players in a class that they don't think are exactly what they need. So I don't think that people should be expecting this rush of new offers, this, this hyper-reactionary uh, response to losing out on offensive tackles like J.C. Latham, Garrett Dellinger, if he does, Trent Dellinger, Etc. Tristan Lee, you never know. He, again, he's gonna re, he's gonna take his recruitment probably into the season. Maybe he got a shot. It, there's there's a lot of things that can still happen, right? Yeah, and you're not going to, like you said, you're not going to see a string of new offers. And like even under Urban Meyer, Ohio State, if they would miss out, there would be a couple new offers put out, right? Every once in a while. That's this is not this is not that kind of recruiting season for Ohio State. And Ohio State, I think we also need to just remember, and I guess we've said it more times than are imaginable. Ohio State has the number one recruiting class in the country. 
there is only one team in the country that can have the number one recruiting class. They have the ultimate trump card right now. If you want yeah. to play with the number one recruiting class in the country, you have to go to Ohio State. So that, that's a selling point that Ohio State can use throughout the season because it's going to be hard for anybody to catch them until signing day when Georgia and Alabama pile on those, those commits they always do on signing day. So for the, for the foreseeable future, Ohio State's going to hold the number one class with the highest player average. And so that's something that they can always play with Tristan Lee, with Garrett Dellinger, with Emeka Ibuka, with all of these guys from every different position. You can always just rely on, do you want to play with the number one class in the country? And I think that's an important step that Ohio State uh, is willing to take and, and, you know, a pitch that they're willing to use. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, no matter how many times that gets brought up, that this class is the best in the country and potentially one of the best of all time especially if they add Abuka, Tumalo, Malone, Derek Davis, et cetera. Like, there's no reason for Buckeye fans to be down and out about what's happened in the last few weeks. Like, take a deep breath, allow the reset to happen, watch Ryan Day and the Buckeyes finish out extremely strong, and they will do that. So, Spencer Holbrook, I'm Jeremy Birmingham. We're going to leave it there because I want to end on a positive note, Spencer. There's good things coming for Ohio State on the recruiting trail. Be patient. Let things work themselves out. For Letterman Row, uh, this has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Byers Auto. Thanks for watching, everyone. We will check you out next time.